This is a Bible study of the book of John with commentary along the way. So John was one of Jesus's original 12 disciples or followers. So that makes it pretty significant for someone who was with Jesus for the three, three and a half years that he had his ministry when he began preaching. And so John was one of those people, uh, one of the followers, the original followers that was with him throughout this time, all the way until his crucifixion. So in listening and hearing and reading what John says, we will learn a lot about Jesus and about why he came, what his purpose was, and how it affects each of us. So John in chapter 20, verse 31, he wrote, These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So we'll start with chapter one. The word became flesh. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That first paragraph has so much in it, because the word is describing Jesus. And it's if we substitute the word, Jesus is, if we say Jesus instead of the word in this chapter, here's what it says. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. Through Jesus, all things were made. Without Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. In Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So the other part is about Jesus's um, overcoming darkness and, and all of that in that first paragraph. So there's so much when you read scripture to learn from each word, each paragraph. So this will just, I'll go as far as we can, and then um, I'll do another one tomorrow. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, this one is referring to John the Baptist, not the author of this, this gospel, but John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And it's interesting, too, because John the Baptist, who is referred to as John the Baptist, his name was John, and he was the one who was baptizing people. And he was baptizing people um, out of, um, it was repentance. So it was, his baptism was a baptism of repentance. These were people who were coming to him that were repenting of their sin and committing to changing their life. So that was... um, John's purpose, and John was actually Jesus's cousin. Um, his mother was Elizabeth, and I believe that was her name. And um, at the time, both Mary and Elizabeth were pregnant. 
very close in time. So they were their age difference. They were pretty close in age, both John and Jesus. But um, they were basically cousins. And it was also um, an angel who revealed to John's mother that he was going to be born as well. So there's an interesting uh, story that involves that. But they were both like supernaturally, like this was all like planned and coordinated for this to happen. Um, Nothing was by mistake. Um, God has a purpose for every single person on this earth. And this is just more evidence of that in John the Baptist, that he had a purpose and his purpose was to eventually lead people to Jesus or point everyone towards Jesus. But anyway, we'll get back to the scripture. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's a reference to Jesus. He was in the world and through the and though the world was made through him, through Jesus, the world did not recognize him. And that's true. I mean, no one knew that he was God in the beginning. He was he just was like a regular human being uh, that um, you know, his mom She knew there was something special because she also had an angel that came to her and told her that she was going to conceive supernaturally. And then her, she was engaged to Joseph and Joseph thought about running away from her because he found out she was pregnant and it would be a disgrace to the culture if he were to marry her. But then an angel appeared to him and told him, don't run away from her, basically. I'm paraphrasing all of this. Um, Don't run away from her, but stay with her. And that it was a divine um, happening that she became pregnant. So Joseph did stay with her and they proceeded. He, you know, cared for her and and became her husband. So um, there's a lot of really interesting things in the Bible when you study it. So, He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. So Jesus came to the Israelites, but the Israelites did not receive him. The Israelites knew from the prophets that there was a Messiah that was coming, but they didn't recognize him. They looked at him and thought, this, he's a, you know, he has a carpenter father. I believe Joseph was a carpenter and, um, he just didn't, they were expecting some king. And because of all the prophecies and uh, what it says about the authority of the Messiah and so forth. So the Israelites were anticipating their minds were, had a different image. And maybe that's why the 10 commandments tells us not to have any images of anything in the heavens or on earth, because once someone does that, it's their interpretation, it's their picture of what their opinion of what it is without seeing it. And maybe with that, um, that caused some of the confusion because everybody had their own vision of what this was going to look like. And they didn't anticipate that Jesus would come as a lowly infant, you know, born in, um, like on the go. Um, so we'll get to that later, but, um, it just, he didn't arrive the way everyone was thinking he would arrive. So no one recognized him. 
Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is really important to all of us because whoever does receive him, who who accepts Jesus as the Messiah and believe in him, those of us have the right to become children of God. So in children of God, that means we're brothers and sisters with Jesus. So that's pretty significant. And this is children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So it's not that we're you know, it's not a, a natural thing as a descendants or an inheritance that we have, but this is open to the the gift or the right to become the children of God is open to everyone. It doesn't matter where in the world you are or who you are. It's open. It's an opportunity for everyone, and it comes as a result of believing in Jesus the Messiah, as the Messiah, um, that Jesus is the one who fulfilled the prophecy concerning the, the multiple prophecies, the multiple prophets who talked about the Messiah in the um, the original scripture that the Israelites studied and and had um, well had among them people that were talking about this. So he fulfilled that. And those who believe that Jesus is the one that they were talking about are the people that will have the right, and notice the right, to become children of God. So it's really important to know who is Jesus because your future, my future, all of our futures depend on our belief. And it's very clear when you read scripture that it does depend on it. So Jesus is very critical. When you start to compare other religions, um, everybody has different beliefs. Not every, well, there are multiple religions in the world, obviously, and people have different thoughts, but what do they base it on? And why do you choose one religion versus another? And Jesus is not about religion. You'll find that out later too. He is opposed to that. He really... Um, he wants a personal relationship with every person on earth. And it doesn't matter where you started in this, in this process or what, what culturally your religion was to start with, but it's a matter of getting to know who Jesus is and then communicating with Jesus. And at that point, you will have so many wonderful things, you will be aware of all the um, blessings that you are given through Jesus in his name. And it's incredible once your eyes are open to this. So this book is like um, the Gospel of John is really an important book to know because it does affect you and me and knowing this. And I don't know that churches always go really deep into this, but that's why I'm doing this Bible study because anyone who listens to this, I'm hoping that if you find benefit in it, that you share this with other people who may not really know Jesus because this is is critical to all of our well-being in the future and eternity. Getting back to scripture, 
the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So Jesus, the Messiah, became flesh, became a human, and made his dwelling among us. That's really just so cool because this is the God who created us, then comes to live with us and takes on a human body that has all of the pain and hurt and and all of the things that we experience happens to him as well. And this is God. This is the creator. Think about the love that is present in someone who would do something like that for people to a superior being person coming to an inferior, putting themselves in the um, uh, the form of an inferior being to live among something he created. Just think about that for a minute. It says a lot about who God is. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. So John, the author of this, he's saying, you know, we have seen it. He's a witness to what Jesus was, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus uh, said in scripture that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So John is also emphasizing that, like Jesus is the reason that we have grace, and, and he brought truth. So he came with truth so that everyone would know. Verse 15. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. So this is referring to John the Baptist, who when people were coming uh, to him for the baptism of repentance, he's telling them when Jesus arrived, he's like, this is the one I spoke about. He comes after me. Listen, I mean, John the Baptist knew who he was. So he said, he who comes after me has surpassed me. So Jesus was greater than John. And he also says, because he was before me. So John the Baptist knew that Jesus was the creator also. And that had to be supernaturally. Because when he grew up with them as a cousin, You wouldn't automatically think that. In fact, Jesus had other brothers and sisters, and according to the Bible, according to Scripture, and not um, they also didn't really believe who he was until later, reflecting. And it's just like I would imagine anyone who would have just think about this: if all of a sudden your brother or your you know, sister told you something that was just so far out from what you'd ever seen before. How hard would it really believe, would it be to believe until after you would see all the things that were done and then you could more or less understand that then you could have that belief after you witnessed so many things. But okay, going back to scripture, out of his fullness, 
we have all all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So Moses gave us the law, and I always like to refer to the law as basically like guardrails, like God was trying to keep his children on the path to righteousness. And they were very confused about it because they had all of these different deities and these different cultures who were pointing them in different directions and giving them these false hopes and false ideas. And they were naive to it. And they were, you know, just like worshiping the golden calf. I mean, they just didn't get it. But God gave, he was trying to keep them like on the right path, but they just didn't get it. And we, we're the same way today. I mean, it's not just the people way back when. We have the same thing. Think about all the different fake religions that are out there that do nothing for us. They might say, you know, it might be um, an altruistic type religion where it, you just think you're a good person, but what does that really do for you? I mean, it's good to be a good person, but think about it long-term. I mean, that's kind of short-sighted because if you're just a good person while you're here on earth and then you're gone and that's nothing, you know, there's, there's no con- continuity after that, what does that really matter? I mean, sure, for a moment in time, for a little bit, it made an impact on people. But we are not just these uh, temporary beings. We, God created us to be eternal. And we will be eternal when Jesus returns. And we're either going to be in eternity with God or separated from God. And what determines that outcome is, number one, our belief, and number two, if we submit to what Jesus teaches. So knowing what Jesus teaches is because he is God, and he shares characteristics and information about God with those who are close to him, with those who would listen to him. And that's also like the secrets, if you want to call it that, of life, of eternal life. And those who listen and accept and take action after hearing it are the ones who will be in God's presence in the future. So it's so critical to know what Jesus said, who he was, and to listen to him and to be obedient and to you know submit to what he said because it does have consequences. So... Uh, But the laws were given through Moses, and they are important. They haven't gone away. They still are relevant today. Um, There is a a point in Scripture somewhere, and I I don't know where verses are all the time, but I do remember uh, by paraphrasing them. But Jesus says that um, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So his truth, what he tells us, exist for all time. So it's really important that like God's word, the law is not going away. It's been there and it will remain forever. So that's another thing to know what God's laws are. And if you want to know what God's laws are, they're found in Exodus 20 of the Old Testament. And those are basically God's rules, God's guardrails. Um, 
And Jesus further elaborates on it later on. We'll find out more about what Jesus says about God's laws. But they are critical to know, and they are critical to understand, and we do have to abide. Like, Jesus is going to be king of the entire world, and when he returns, he's going to He's going to take over the authority of everything, and we will um, honor him as king. And so there will be laws that we have to abide by. So you do have to decide, you know, can you live by those laws? And one of the things that I should mention now is that uh, most of us, all of us, honestly, can't live by those laws, but we will be perfected once Jesus returns so that we will be able to. But we have to also get to a point where it's a transformation. Repentance is really a transformation of your mind, of your thoughts, in knowing what God has, the the rules and the laws that he's given to us, is really understanding that they are good for us. Because there's a lot that gets twisted about how those things are maybe, I don't know, they, they're given a negative um aspect or connotation in our world today. But when you really study scripture and you understand what's behind it, you understand that those are done for our good and they are good laws and they lead to righteousness and justice and they are important to follow. And you're not going to get there by somebody telling you that, but you will get there if you study the Bible. And if you get to know the character of Jesus, the character of God. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So this is why Jesus, again, is so special, because he was with God from the beginning. He is God. And he can share spiritual things that we are completely unaware of. In fact, one time when he was talking with his followers, he was, and I'm paraphrasing again, he was telling them things about the earth and about, um, I guess, just laws, you know, our relations, so forth. And, and, he, and then they were asking about supernatural, spiritual things. And he's, he was saying, replying back to them, how can I tell you about those things when you can't even understand what I'm trying to tell you about right now, these earthly things? Um, and so it's just our comprehension. We believe in things that we can see. The things that we can't see are hard for us to believe. And that's what, that's what it takes today to believe in Jesus. We can't see him right now, but he is present. He sees us. He knows what's going on. And there is a spiritual world that we are in that does affect us, that does interact with us without us even knowing it, but it influences us. And we don't get it because we aren't aware of it. But Jesus came to tell us about that. And he also sent, God sent a lot of people, prophets and other people later after Jesus, um, that also were these things were supernaturally revealed to them and um they also they also had like like John who wrote this gospel he had the 
first person interaction with Jesus and heard it himself. So he was fully aware of what Jesus said and did. And he's communicating this to us. So this gospel is like a treasure to us because this is a firsthand account of God, interaction with God who was here on earth at the time he was present with him. So it's so important to comprehend that and to know what we're getting into. And I didn't even finish the first chapter, but we have um, have quite a bit more. This is going to be a long time. But some chapters, I'm sure, will go quicker than this. So the next portion of this is about John the Baptist denies being the Messiah. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. Who do you, what do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet. So this is interesting. John is quoting Isaiah the prophet. So here's what he said. I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now, just as I said earlier, this is where John's basically saying he's calling people to repentance. The baptism that he has is the repentance or the changing of your mind to learn new ways through Jesus and what Jesus taught. It's a changing of your mind from a worldly way. And ultimately, it's really simple because the worldly way, our natural way, is basically selfish. But Jesus taught a completely different way that was entirely selfless. So if you want to summarize in a word, one word versus the other word, what the world's way is versus Jesus' way, the world's way is selfish and Jesus' way is selfless. Now the Pharisees who had been sent, questioned him, meaning John the Baptist, why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. 